guys? Welcome back to another episode of the East vs. West podcast. A long time coming. It's finally here. I promised some draft rankings. Finally got everything all set just in time to a few days before the draft. So let's get rolling. Um, we're going to do some top five rankings. Other positions I didn't watch as much of. Just got some quick notes off. Uh, also did that just so that I wasn't reading you guys' lists the entire episode too. But let's start off from the top. Uh, the quarterback's. A uh, position that I talked about quite a bit on this show, um, I've already kind of stated my thoughts on a lot of these guys, but uh, just to read off the top five real quick, I've got Kyler Murray, number one, number two, Dwayne Haskins, number three, I've got Will Greer, number four, Drew Locke, and number five, Ryan Finley. goes without saying, Kyler Murray at number one, um, you put on the tape, the guy is the most electric quarterback in the draft, has an arm that rivals Baker's um, with su- far superior athleticism. Um, some have compared him to Michael Vick. He's kind of more like a Russell Wilsonist type, a uh, bit better of an athlete, I would say though. Uh, number two, Dwayne Haskins. Um, someone we've kind of talked a bit on here as well. Uh, Dwayne's real strength is his mind and processing. Um, he really understands the game. He gets through progressions nicely. He finds checkdowns easily. Um, he doesn't force balls. He finds the open man. There is some concern with both Murray and Haskins because they are one-year wonders. Um, I, it's something that I'm kind of a bit scared of just because you don't you haven't really seen them in that many situations yet. And if they're going to go out and start an NFL game after only starting one season in college, uh, you got to be prepared for some uh, bumps in the road. Third quarterback, I've got Will Greer. A bit more of a <clears throat> developmental guy as it's seen around the league, I guess. Um, he's really not seen up this high, but you put on the tape, this guy is probably the, one of the more accurate quarterbacks, uh, in this class. Uh, his ball placement is amazing. He's always leading receivers open, always giving them chances to produce after the catch. Uh, he can throw to all levels of the field too. He's got a nice deep ball, beautiful deep ball, actually consistently hits guys in stride and gives him a chance to score. Uh, some of his mechanics are kind of wonky. He doesn't really throw from the most conventional throwing platforms, but he can make some off-platform throws. So there is some a lot to talk about uh, Will Greer's game. I just don't think a lot of NFL people are really buying in on him yet. Uh, He's someone that I'm interested to see where he goes. He probably will not start right away, but in a couple years, it wouldn't surprise me if Will Greer is starting for an NFL team and is having some decent success. Number four, Drew Locke, uh, pretty close to the consensus quarterback three in this class I've got him at four we all know about the strong arm Um, it's about the mental game I think I don't know how well he processes things he kind of sucks at ball placement too you know he's kind of wonky with his accuracy he'll be erratic at times and then two plays later he'll throw a deep ball that's just right on target it's just inconsistent Uh, you can't really live with that in the NFL so I think he's going to be a project for someone it's going to be fun to see where he goes a lot of speculation to Denver because of the big arm and he's a big white quarterback, lazy uh, analysis, of course. But um, we'll see what happens. Denver's not taking him at 10. I feel pretty confident about that. I'd be pretty shocked if they actually did take him at 10. It would just throw out everything that they've done to this point. And just Drew Locke's not the guy to do that on. It's crazy that people just kind of figure that I was going to take a bad quarterback, but whatever. And then number five, I've got Ryan Finley. You know, a lot of people like Daniel Jones uh Gardner Minshew Tyree Jackson guys like that I like Ryan Finley I like his accuracy uh his really good ball placement I've got some concerns though 
He really seems like a developmental prospect. I don't know if, how many reads he actually does on the field. Seems like he's kind of just doing half field reads um, most of the time and just kind of picking an open guy from there. Uh, he does have a lot of good receivers on the outside too with Jacoby Myers and Kelvin Harmon. So there is some concern about that. I think he could be a nice developmental guy and eventually could find a place in the league. Might be a backup though. Uh, someone that you can just plug in for a couple games and trust to not turn it over too much, which really a lot of teams are still looking for. Uh, later quarterbacks in the draft outside of the top five. Got a couple I like, a couple I'm not so big on. Uh, the guys I like, Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo, Jarrett Stidham out of Auburn, and Gardner Minshew out of Washington State. I like Tyree Jackson. He's really identical, identical to Josh Allen from last year. Massive size, insane arm, and everything else is just kind of hit or miss. Uh, he is mobile. Josh Allen might be a bit more mobile than Tyree, though. But there's some tools to work with there. Some team's going to take a chance on him and try and develop and see what else they can get out of him. Um, really intriguing prospect because of what could potentially be. Jarrett Stidham, a guy out of Auburn, uh, kind of had a tough college career. I mean, he went to Baylor, had some success there, then transferred to Auburn. And then he's in this Auburn system where he's consistently taking deep shots and it's just RPOs, no huddle, just super quick stuff. Not a lot of NFL type stuff coming out of that Auburn offense. So it's tough to kind of evaluate Jarrett Stidham. He does have a nice arm though. He's someone that can hit the open receiver deep. Um, he was inconsistent at times deep, but there's some tools to work with there as well. Gardner Minshew from Washington State is another quarterback I like. You know, when I watched him, he had some mannerisms that really reminded me of Baker. Um, just the way he looks in the pocket, how calm he is. Um, just his persona personality too. I think teammates gravitated towards him similar to they do to Baker. Um, he's got some tools. He obviously played in Mike, Le Mike Leach's offense at at Washington State, so he's kind of used to these uh, new concepts um, that are being shown in the NFL a lot more. He's got some accuracy he can work with, obviously the leadership qualities that we talked about, but he's got some decision-making stuff that he's got to figure out. That comes with the developmental side of things. Um, three quarterbacks I'm not really big on, though, that everyone else, not everyone else, but most people seem to kind of be okay with. Daniel Jones out of Duke. I just don't see a lot from him. I mean, maybe in the right situation, he can become a decent starter at some point. Uh, he's someone I wouldn't take a chance on, though. Clayton Thorson, the guy to Northwestern. Northwestern's put out Trevor Simeon, some other pros over the past few years. Uh, Clayton Thorson's, again, just an inconsistent guy. He looks like a pro. He's got the body for it. Started a lot of games at Northwestern. I just don't know if he's got the skill set to actually translate to the NFL. And one other guy I'm not really big on. Jordan Tamu out of the University of Mississippi had all those receivers on the outside, and this guy just couldn't make it work. Um, I scouted him for the SIS draft guide. He didn't even make the book. Um, his grade wasn't high enough. And uh, went back and watched the Ole Miss receivers a couple weeks after I did that report, and it was clear to me that Tamu just couldn't get it done. I mean, he does some nice stuff. He's mobile, um, obviously from Hawaii, so he's going to draw the Mariota comparisons actually played a season at New Mexico Military Institute as well. So he's been all over the place, um, has dealt with that adversity. So who knows, maybe some with some stability in the NFL, he could find some success. Uh, he had a lot of balls tipped, though. It's something that kind of worries me. I don't know if it was just the trajectory of his arm, uh, if he couldn't really see windows through the offensive line, what was going on there. But there were just a lot of things that kind of put up these red flags with Tamu. 
someone I would not really want to take a chance on. All right, on to the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, we'll start off at running back here. Had a lot of fun with this group. A lot of guys that I think can make a difference. Uh, also, a lot of guys that I think a lot of people are higher on than I am. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Let's get to the list, though. Number one, I've got Daryl Henderson, running back out of Memphis. Number two, David Montgomery, running back Iowa State. Number three, Devin Singletary, running back Florida Atlantic. Number four, Justice Hill, running back, Oklahoma State. And number five, I've got Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. Uh, my first guy, Daryl Henderson, probably the best home run hitter in the draft. Um, I don't know if it's because of the dreads or his play style, but he always reminded me of Jamal Charles when I watched him play. Super fast, could cut on a dime, cut across the field. Um, just a threat to take it to the house almost every time he touched the ball. You give this guy a clear lane, and he is splitting those safeties, and he is gone. Um, someone like the Rams, I think would be a great fit for Daryl Henderson, especially cause you don't really know Todd Gurley's injury in that wide zone scheme, uh, get him running downhill and then make a cut and go. That's the kind of scheme that he needs to be in to succeed. And I think he can be a very successful NFL back. Number two, I've got David Montgomery, someone that not a lot of people are that high on. There are some people that have him up here as high as two and three in their top fives. But I think this guy is just your prototypical pro to, uh, pro running back. Really reminded me of Mark Ingram when I watched him. Ran angry. Um, obviously, he's going to have a bit more juice than Ingram does at this point. But uh, he just looked like a pro running back. He makes nice cuts, good contact balance, breaks a ton of tackles. Isn't the speediest guy. But speed really is kind of overrated when it comes to running backs. When you're a running back, you're not running in wide open areas. You're running in small, confined spaces through the holes that these offensive linemen can give you for a split second. You don't need to be fast. You need to have good vision. You need to be decisive, and you need to be able to break tackles, something that David Montgomery can do, and that's why he's my number two running back. He can be a bell cow, I think, give you about 20, 25 touches a game. You can throw him the ball in the backfield, too. He's lined up wide before. So I think David Montgomery is going to be a pretty good pro. Number three, I've got Devin Singletary. Out of Florida Atlantic, uh, kind of came on later than most of these prospects. He was a late riser this year, a riser this year. Um, someone we didn't really know about in years past. Devin Singletary kind of has some LaShawn McCoy to his game. He's really shifty, breaks a ton of tackles. He's really fun to watch. He's got amazing contact balance, probably the best in this class. Uh, again, not really that fast, but I don't think that matters. If you can find the little areas and get a 10-yard run out of a six-potential-yard run, uh, that's where you kind of find the difference makers in the NFL. Find the guys that get you the extra yardage, that break that extra tackle. Singletary can be that guy. Number four, kind of similar to Devin Singletary, I've got Justice Hill. Um, he's got the vision, got some contact balance. Justice Hill does have the speed, though. He's probably the fastest of, of my top five. Um, he's a blazer, man. He gets in the open field, and he can hit it. Um, I should trace back, though. Probably not faster than Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson's ridiculously fast. But Justice Hill is up there with him. It'd be a close race. He's got crazy vision. I love his contact balance, too. Kind of reminded me a bit of that Le'Veon Bell, on Johnson style of running when I watched him play. Someone I've been a fan of for a long time. Uh, he can do some stuff out of the backfield. Wasn't really used that way at Oklahoma State. So it'd be interesting to see how an NFL team would kind of use him in the pass game. And my number five guy, I've got Josh Jacobs. Um, I struggled with the number five position for a while. I originally had Miles Sanders here. thought about James Williams, like Damian Harris. 
I settled on Josh Jacobs after I watched more film. You have to watch a lot of film with this guy, though, because he didn't play a lot in many games. Um, I think he only broke 20 carries once this year for Alabama. But they had Damian Harris, they had Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. Just a loaded backfield, so it's tough to kind of get everyone their touches at that point. Um, Damian Harris did receive the biggest load out of anyone, but Josh Jacobs really has a nice skill set. Um, he's tough as hell, man. He was used as a blocker quite often, and he would knock people on their ass. He was breaking tackles just by running people over. Um, so that's obviously going to probably translate a little bit to the NFL. I don't know how fast he is. Didn't really get to see his wheels out in the open speed, but he did score when given a lane. Has some decent vision and some nice cuts too. So for those reasons, I got him at number five. I'm really scared to put him all the way up at number one, which a lot of people don't seem scared to do. Um, just a guy that you couldn't really get a nice handle of his skill set in a game. Um, it was all just in different chunks of different games that you were kind of learning about him, which is really difficult for me. I, I can't put that at my number one running back, especially with all these other guys out there. Some other guys that didn't quite make the cut, I already told you, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris, James Williams were guys I was thinking about. James Williams is going to be an intriguing guy to watch late in this draft, though. Um, he's like the next James White. Played at Washington State, so he caught a lot of passes, was always running routes. Um, he goes down on first contact quite a bit, so I don't really know how much of a use he's going to be in the run game. He does make some nice cuts. He's got some nice vision, though, so he can contribute a little bit there, maybe a tendency breaker in that regards. But uh, he's going to be a pass catcher. He's probably going to be the best cast, pass catching back in this class. Someone ex I'm excited to see where he lands. Damian Harris, I mentioned. This guy's like David Montgomery, um, that similar style. Just a churner, breaks a lot of tackles. It's just a nice all-around back. He's going to be a nice late-round steal for someone. Uh, Travion Williams out of Texas A&M is another good back, someone that I'm a big fan of. Um, going later into the draft, though, uh, you got Bryce Love. He kind of a wild card with him you don't really know where he's going to land obviously he had the numbers uh two years two seasons ago last season was kind of a dud for him but he's been dealing with injuries ever since that season two seasons ago ended so it's going to be interesting to see where Bryce Love lands uh of course the small size but he's going to be a fun player to watch and then Karan Higdon uh another player I like late kind of in that Damien Harris David Montgomery build um he's not going to wow you with any one of his specific traits he just breaks some tackles and gains extra yardage. And then another guy I like out of Boise State, Alexander Madison. This guy is tough as all hell, man. Uh, one of the reasons I like him, just kind of bulls people over. Another running back to watch later in the rounds here. On to wide receivers, though. Wide receivers have been a fun group to evaluate this year. Um, if you've kind of checked a lot of the rankings, everyone is all over the place on these wide receivers. No one really has a consensus number one, and there's definitely not a consensus top five. So mine, I've got number one, Hakeem Butler, Iowa State. Number two, A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss. Number three, Hollywood Brown, Oklahoma. Four, D.K. Metcalf, Ole Miss. And five, Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. I've got Butler at number one just because I think he's played the biggest to his size at this point. Um, he's someone that can dominate defensive backs while blocking them. He does have some struggles getting off of press coverage on the line. I think you can kind of fix that, though. You can always throw a receiver in the slot, tighten up a formation, and just design a player open. He'll be fine. He makes some amazing catches. Does have some drops, though. Um, seems to be it's just kind of like a concentration type thing, though. Uh, it's not like a technical issue that he's got going on, so I think he can iron that out. 
Um, he offers you some run after the catch ability too. He's kind of like that Mike Evans type body. Um, maybe not as much of a playmaker as Mike Evans, but he's pretty close. Number two, I've got AJ Brown. I love AJ Brown. AJ Brown might just be my best receiver or my favorite receiver in this class. Uh, played a lot in the slot at Ole Miss, but demonstrated some speed, ability to break tackles, route running, and hands. He was the focal point of their offense, and it really just showed that this guy can be an awesome player at the next level. Um, questions about where he will play, whether he'll stay in the slot. I think he can play on the outside. I think a lot of people freak out too much about that when players are in the slot. I mean, really, you're moving them, what, eight yards inwards. Uh, you can put anyone in the slot, too. It's your freaking offense. Never really understood that complaint. So I think A.J. Brown will be a nice pro wherever he goes. Um, I'd watch out for him in the later, probably maybe a round two guy. It's going to be difficult to see these receivers go in the first round, I think. Um, not as hyped in the NFL as they are amongst the media. Number three, I've got Hollywood Brown dealing with that Liz Frank injury. But this guy has a game-breaking speed, really like Deshaun Jackson. He's small, but he's fast as all hell. Uh, he can run some routes too, nice hands, and of course, after the catch. Of, if it weren't for the injury, this guy might be my consensus wide receiver one, just no doubt. Um, but it's going to be tough with that Liz Frank injury and a player that predicates his game around speed, how that kind of projects him at the next level. Number four, DK Metcalf. I've stated my concerns about this guy, but the, there's so many traits that you just can't deny. The speed, the size, um, There's you can't deny that. He's going to be drafted pretty highly, probably not day one, maybe a round two pick. But the team that does draft him is going to try and use him in a pretty simple way. They're just going to try and get him over the top. Uh, the route running is something that's going to have to come along later in his career. So it'll be interesting to watch that progression. But he's someone that can make an immediate impact. Number five, I've got Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry played a lot of slot at Arizona State. He was just a playmaker with the ball in his hands, though. Um, everything before the catch point is a bit of a worry though. Uh, route running isn't the best, not the best off release, but once he gets the ball in his hands, this guy's a monster. Um, uh, comparisons to Justin Blackman kind of reminded me of a more wound up Alshon Jeffrey. Someone's a bit faster than Alshon Jeffrey, but that same type of player, uh, big body too. He's going to be that big slot at the next level. I think it'll be interesting to see how he kind of turns out. Coaching is going to mean everything for him. After the top five, I've got quite a few guys I like, too. Debo Samuel out of South Carolina. Um, similar to Nikhil Harry, really. I could see why some might like uh, Debo over Nikhil Harry. Uh, Debo has the potential to be a very good pro, though. Andy Isabella, of course, the little slot receiver out of uh, Massachusetts, was at the Senior Bowl. Didn't really do much at the Senior Bowl practices. Had some drops, kind of body caught a lot. And then the game started, and he just he's a baller. He's a gamer. Um, one of the fastest receivers in the draft. He'll make a difference on a team day one. Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri, another burner, someone that can help out a team really quickly. In that same vein, Nicole Hardman out of Georgia, another burner. And then his running mate out of Georgia, Riley Ridley, might be one of the better, probably the best route runner in this class. So it's going to be interesting to see how his career kind of pounds up, uh, pans out. All the other traits, I don't know if they're there, though, so it's a difficult evaluation. Kelvin Harmon, I already talked about him at NC State. I like him as a receiver, too. Um, just like these other guys more, I think Kelvin Harmon has the potential to do stuff in the league. And then my late-round sleeper, I've got Keelan Doss out of UC Davis. 
He was at the Senior Bowl, looked like Keenan Allen. Um, big, long body type, ran some really nice routes, has some awesome hands. And he put up Keenan Allen's stat lines in college, too. It was 11, 12 catches for 120, 130 yards. Just a guy that would get you a first down every catch. I mean, who doesn't need that? Tight ends. This group has been hyped up a bit as a lot better than last year's and was one of the better uh, tight end groups in a while. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think there's a lot, a few players at the top that are really good that could really help out a team uh, instantly. Other than that, though, you're just kind of taking chances on guys with traits. Um, number one, TJ Hawkinson, probably the consensus one tight end. Um, your classic Y type. He'll block someone all the way into the third level of the defense. Uh, he'll catch the ball and run someone over, hurdle someone. He's an athletic freak. He's got the size. Um, out of Iowa, too, Iowa just breeds tight ends. George Kittle came from there. A lot of guys came from there. And our number two tight end, Noah Fant, uh, TJ Hawkinson's teammate. Noah Fant, I put on the tape, and he was a lot better than I expected as a blocker. Um, I thought I heard a lot that Fant really couldn't block. Uh, I found that to not be true. He can block. Probably not as good as TJ Hawkinson, but Fant can, he's not going to be Jimmy Graham out there. He can go out there and get a job done. Um, where he can be Jimmy Graham, though, is on the outside. He's got the size and he's got the speed. Uh, all the measurables are there for Noah Fant. It's just to be a matter of putting it together. Uh, fit, of course, is going to be everything. I don't know if he'd be used well in like, uh, I don't know, he'd be ideal in like New England as a nice tight end there. Or uh, at Carolina, learning under Greg Olson would be a great fit for him, too. So it's going to be awesome to see where Noah Fant goes. Uh, fit is everything with him. He might be the rookie tight end that could have the most immediate impact. Number three, I've got Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama. Another pretty complete tight end. If it weren't for the Iowa guys, Irv Smith would obviously be number one. But he'd still be a pretty good number one tight end, I think. Um, it's just that the two Iowa guys are really good. And number four... I've got Dawson Knox at of Ole Miss, a guy that really didn't get a lot of chances to make some plays, but he's got all the measurables and he's fast as all hell. Um, in the right situation, I think this guy can be a difference maker. He was obviously not in the right situation in college. Then number five, I got Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. I'm really intrigued by these late round guys, though. Uh, Donald Parnum is a guy that I'm pretty excited about. Probably the biggest tight end in terms of height. I think he measured in around six eight, six nine. Uh, around 250 pounds. He was at the Senior Bowl. I can't remember exactly what school he's from. It's a small school, though, like Division Two or Three. But uh, he's a name to watch out for. Also, Kahale Waring out of San Diego State. Uh, where's the number 87? Tries to look like Gronk out there, and he's a massive white tight end. Um, don't know how good he is as a blocker, but as a receiver, this guy is a load. And then out of West Virginia, Trevon Wesco is another guy I'm pretty high on. A guy that can kind of do it all, might be a potential late-round steal. He can block, and he can do some stuff as a uh, receiver. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. All right, threw a lot at you there. Um, we'll kind of slow it down a bit here with the offensive linemen. Um, I didn't really get a chance to dig into these guys that much, but uh, I've got a few comments on them. Jonah Williams, a lot has been made about what position he'll play at the next level. I think he'll be fine wherever he plays. He's just going to be a good player for the next 10 years. Same with Garrett Bradbury, probably the best center in the class. Really nice hips. Um, he's fun to watch too. And uh, an interior guy that I'm liking pretty late is Nate Davis out of Charlotte. 
He might not be late. He probably will be a day two pick. But he's someone that you're not going to really know when you see his name called. But he, I think, has the ability to be a difference maker on day one. Another center I really like was Elton Jennings out of Mississippi State. They had some dogs up front. And then at the tackles, Andre Dillard. Um, it seems like he's like the most pro-ready tackle out of this group. Um, playing in Mike, Mike Leach's offense, so he didn't really run the ball a lot. But as a pass protector, this guy is the cream of the crop in this class. Um, cream of the crop in terms of versatility is probably Dalton Risner. This guy's played every single position on the offensive line. Uh, he played center. He played interior. He played tackle. You get him, you just make your offensive line better. It's that simple. Another tackle I like out of West Virginia, too, is Yanni Kajust, a guy that hasn't really gotten a lot of uh, publicity to this point, not a lot of buzz, but he's someone I think that could be a potential late-round steal for a team. On to the defensive side of the ball here, uh, we'll kind of make this quicker, too. Staying on the defensive line, obvious number one, Quinton Williams. Number two, Ed Oliver. Number three, Christian Wilkins. Number four, Jerry Tillery. And number five, Demarcus Lawrence. Quentin Williams, obviously the hype is just, it's off the charts right now. Um, Well-deserved, though. He was probably the most dominant player on one of the better teams in college football this year. So that does not go unnoticed, especially by NFL teams. And if you play for Alabama, um, it, everything just kept on stacking up in his favor. It was really a late charge for Quentin Williams. Uh, Ed Oliver was the talk of the class around this time last year, especially with declaring on the day of the 2018 draft. But uh, Quentin Williams really stole the show. He became what a lot of people thought Ed Oliver would be. That leads me to Ed Oliver. He's another guy that was kind of played out of position a little bit at times at Houston. Uh, he's playing over the center at the zero technique, which is weird for a guy that's only 280-ish, 270 pounds. Um, so he's a bit on the smaller side, but he's just a dominant player. That quickness off the line. Can't teach that. Uh, someone that I think the Broncos should target. Number three, though, Christian Wilkins. Another guy I wouldn't be upset with, potentially even at 10. Uh, Christian Wilkins, he's just going to be an awesome pro. This might be one of the safer picks in the draft. Um, from the championship pedigree, has been a baller since his time there at Clemson. And he's just a leader. Um, all those things make for great NFL players. Expect Christian Wilkins to be a great NFL player. Number four, Jerry Tillery. Out of Notre Dame, uh, dominated Michigan in week one. Kind of tapered off a bit from there, but still had some good performances. Um, and also Demarcus Lawrence at number five. Again, out of Clemson. Clemson coming in big with the defensive lineman this year. Some later guys that I'm really intrigued by. Jeffrey Simmons, we talked about him a bit out of Mississippi State. He's got the ACL injury, but if it weren't for that, he might be DL number two or three. He's really good. Uh, super explosive off the ball, just creates havoc up front. Some team is going to get a really nice pick with him. Obviously, you're not going to get him right away, but you get him through rehab and everything. He's going to be a great player for you. Also, Kalen Saunders, um, another big body that I like. Tristan Hill out of UCF and Dalen Mack out of Texas A&M. Uh, big guys that moved really well. You can't really have too many of those guys in the NFL. So just wanted to highlight a couple of those guys there. On to the edge prospects. This position is really deep. Um, probably the most deep position we have in the draft. Uh, the names are just crazy. Number one, we got Nick Bosa, of course. I've got Josh Allen at number two. 
Number three, I've got Brian Burns. Number four, Montez Sweat. And number five, Rashawn Gary. Um, this isn't even mentioning guys like Jalen Ferguson, who had over 20 sacks this year. Ja'Kai Polite, who had a monster year. Clolin Farrell on that Clemson defensive line. And Chase Winovich. Um, just ball players all over at the edge position. It's going to be interesting to see really what uh, San Francisco does at the number two pick. Um, you know, they drafted defensive linemen for a long time. You got a deep edge class here. Uh, they're a team to watch there. And from that, the dominoes will kind of fall. Um, they're really one of the linchpin picks here. Uh, Brian Burns is a guy I like, though. I've seen Vaughn Miller comps, which we should really calm down on. But I, I understand what they're talking about with the bend and the explosiveness. Number four, Montez Sweat. A guy who played pretty well at the Senior Bowl. Um, of course, it's the Senior Bowl. At practices, you're not really getting much from those defensive linemen there, except in the one-on-ones. But he's a guy that I like in the run game. Um, he's not the best pass rusher, but I think he's just a good all-around edge. He's got that heart condition that a lot of teams are pretty scared of right now. So it'll be interesting to see how far he falls, or if he falls at all, uh, come Thursday. And then, of course, Rashawn Gary. Um, Rashawn Gary's been dealing with that shoulder injury for a while. It just came out today, too, that he's going to wait till after his rookie season to fix that, um, which is really strange. I don't know why he wouldn't want to get that done earlier. I get that you're preparing for the draft, but the guy was pass rushing with one arm last year. So I'm interested to see how that kind of works out. Um, I already talked a bunch about Ja'Kai Polite. I like him a lot. Uh, the tape just screams baller. So I know there's the off-field concerns. You have the concerns at the combine with uh, some questions he was asked and the answers he gave. But the guy plays football, um, and he's a good football player. I mean, just don't overthink it. Don't mess it up. Someone I'd take a chance on in round two. Chase Winovich, um, he's been someone that's kind of been making a late charge here. Could be a potential first-round, second-round guy. He will get taken early. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where Jalen Ferguson goes, though. Really bad testing numbers uh, throughout the combine and at pro day. Does play for Louisiana Tech, so you're getting Conference USA opponents. Uh, tough to evaluate that. But uh, someone that obviously showed the talent to get to the quarterback. And then a really late-round guy that I like, Sutton Smith out of Northern Illinois. Um, really undersized, so it'll be interesting to see if he changes positions potentially. But he got after the quarterback, too. He's just super quick around the edge. Someone I'm keeping an eye on as the draft kind of goes on. On to the linebackers. Um, don't have much on the linebackers either. Wasn't able to get to a lot. Um, but it was really actually a pretty shallow class at linebacker. Uh, you obviously have the two Devins at the top. Devin White from LSU. Devin Bush at Michigan. Uh, those guys are the cream of the crop. Uh, they're pretty similar as players. Um, Devin White might be a bump ahead of Bush. Uh, but they're both really fast. Uh, Devin White has some concerns about his game because he's a converted position. He came into LSU as a running back uh, and then became this great linebacker. So he's still got a lot to learn. Uh, Devin Bush, more of the natural linebacker, though. Uh, someone that's been making plays for the Michigan defense ever since he started. And then Blake Cashman. This guy out of Minnesota has been getting a lot of buzz. Um, didn't really get to watch him, but he's someone to watch here on day two. And then a couple guys I like pretty late. I like Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame and Jermaine Pratt out of NC State. Uh, both senior bowl guys. Both perform well down there. Uh, expect them to be decent pros as we move on. Into the back end, um, one of my favorite positions to evaluate. 
safeties and cornerbacks. We're going to start with the cornerbacks. I uh, already talked a lot about them on this show, so we'll just kind of get the list out for you here and talk about them. Uh, one, DeAndre Baker. Two, Byron Murphy. Three, Greedy Williams. Four, Rocky Sin, And five, Nick Needham. Um, I'm sticking on Baker's CB1, um, not because I just wrote up the report, but I think he's the most versatile. Um, he's the most well-rounded corner, I think, too, in terms of coverage and everything. I have Byron Murphy at two. Really nice feet, Byron Murphy. More of a zone guy, though. Someone that I'd be a bit concerned of if I'm a man team, but he did perform well in man when he was asked to. And then Greedy Williams. Um, Greedy's really kind of had a fall from grace. Uh, he was kind of crowned really early in the season as cornerback one, and as it's gone on, it's he hasn't been able to hold that position. Um, someone that you have concerns about in the run game. Uh, he did play a lot of uh, bail zone. Um, a lot of off the line, he would just turn and drop back. Um, he does, does do some good stuff at the catch point. He's got some ball skills, and he can coverage pretty well in zone and man. Um, it's just consistency with him. Rocky Sin out of Temple, a big physical long corner. Um, someone that has kind of become this NFL or someone that fits this NFL prototype that has kind of come along ever since the Seahawks had their Legion of Boom. Um, and then number five, Nick Needham, my guy. Already talked a ton about him. He's someone that you just got to look out for. Uh, no idea where he could potentially go. Um, it could be a day two pick, could be undrafted. It's going to be awesome to see where he goes because I know he's going to make a difference wherever that is. On to the safeties. Wrap this thing up. Um, another fun group to watch. Number one, I've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida. Uh, number two, I've got Taylor Rapp. Three, Juan Thornhill. Four, Darnell Savage. And five, Deontay Thompson. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson plays for Florida. Played all over the place, though. He played deep, played in the slot. He's just he's like an annoying gnat. He's always around the ball, always making plays. Um, he is small, though, but the guy plays out of his mind and is super fast. Number two, Taylor Rapp, just a good all-around safety. Uh, good coming up against the run, good back in coverage. He's going to have a long career, I think. Number three, Juan Thornhill, very physical guy out of Virginia. Uh, someone that popped off to me when I watched a Virginia game at SIS. Um, instantly recognized his talents. Uh, someone I would really love the Broncos draft. We'll see where he falls. And then number four, Darnell Savage kind of had a late charge here um, in terms of moving up the rankings. Uh, someone that could make a difference in the deep end and up against the run. Uh, just a lot of good safeties this year. Number five, Deontay Thompson probably was the safety number one coming into the season. Really fell off. Uh, he's got amazing range, but he's really inconsistent. Um, so it'll be coaching is going to be crucial for him. And then uh, a guy that I'm down on, Jonathan Abram, um, he's really good up against the run. He comes downhill super fast, but in coverage, he's kind of suspect. Um, so I'm not too high on Abram. He is going to go pretty high, though, probably a round one, round two guy. And then my favorite late round steal here is going to be Evan Worthington out of Colorado. Wrote about him in the preseason. Um, I thought he could make a pretty big leap and be a consensus top five safety. That wasn't the case, um, but he's still a pretty decent prospect, I think. He's still fairly raw. He's got some talent, natural talent. He's got speed. He's got size. So there are tools to work with there. Could be a potential late-round steal for someone. All right, guys. Well, there it is, the ranking show. 
Uh, we will be back very, very soon, actually, with a mock draft with Johnny, uh, final mock draft before the actual draft. And then planning on doing a show after the first round of the draft, and then after day two and day three, I'll do another show on the weekend, kind of just recapping everything that happened, favorite picks, least favorite picks, all that cool stuff. Um, it's here, though. It's draft week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, thanks for tuning in. More content on the way. Stay here on the East vs. West podcast. Thanks.